When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you think of water canals, you might think of Venice, Italy, or Amsterdam in the Netherlands, or even Venice, California. You probably don't think about Phoenix. But Metro Phoenix actually has more miles of canals than all three of those places combined. Now, Phoenix is also a lot bigger than those places, but the canal system here is integral to the city's history and how it functions today. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Today, producer Amanda Luberto discovers more about how the canals were built, how they were modernized, and how they help all of us call the desert home. When you're riding your bike or taking a walk alongside the canals in Metro Phoenix, it's either a Salt River Project Canal or a Central Arizona Project Canal. SRP, or CAP as they're referred to, operate the canals for the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation. According to Arizona Forward, a civic advocacy group, there are more than 180 miles of canals. SRP operates about 131 of those miles. And that's just in Phoenix. CAP's canals reach Tucson as well. The water for SRP's canals come from the Salt River and the Verde River, whereas CAP gets their water from the Colorado River. All right, so now that you know the basics, how did this get started? I talked with Jody Silvio, a historical analyst for SRP. For the modern era, the canal system started almost 100 years ago. It had been an intention of the Reclamation Act, which is signed in 1902, that these federal reclamation projects uh, would be turned over to local entities such as the Salt River Valley Water Users Association, which was formed in 1903. And the association was one of the first five reclamation acts, uh, reclamation projects chosen under the Reclamation Act of 1902. In 1902, the Reclamation Act was signed, and in 1903, the Salt River Project was formed. Although we're formed in 1903 and Roosevelt Dam, our first major piece of infrastructure constructed under the Reclamation Act with the Reclamation Service, which is the predecessor to the Bureau of Reclamation, uh, that's completed in 1911. So this first big piece of groundwork for SRP is the Roosevelt Dam. It's located in northeast Phoenix, closer to Tortilla Flat, off State Route 88. It forms a Theodore Roosevelt Lake as it feeds into the Salt River. But it takes until 1917 for us to work out that agreement with the federal government, mainly due to the cost of Roosevelt Dam. The cost had come in a little higher than we had originally planned for. They worked out a repayment plan with the federal government and eventually signed a contract in 1917 to start operating and maintaining the systems on behalf of the Reclamation Service. But SRP didn't necessarily build all of the canals we see today. Some modern canals existed back in the 1860s, and they were built by private canal and irrigation companies. Around 1906, as the Roosevelt Dam was being built, the federal government helped SRP to start purchasing those so they could oversee them. 
This helped them integrate the existing canals into their system for efficiency. It unifies the canal system. And as you can imagine, it makes it a much more efficient way to manage those systems versus all of these different private entities trying to manage the control and the operation of all of these water systems throughout the valley. But in the 1860s isn't when Metro Phoenix first started to have a canal system. For that, we have to look all the way back to 400 AD. Yes, that far back. And that's just Phoenix. There's evidence of canals in Tucson dating back to 1500 BC. The original canals in Phoenix were built by the Hohokam people. Now, Hohokam doesn't refer to a specific tribe. It's an archaeological term that refers to the ancient farming people of Arizona. They are best known to be the only tribe in North America to rely on irrigation canals for water supply, according to the Arizona Museum of Natural History. One of the founders of the Western National Parks Association, Emil Howry, called them masters of the desert. I wanted to know more about the deep-rooted history of canals in Arizona, so I talked with Lorraine Montero. She's the city archaeologist for Phoenix and works out of the Pueblo Grande Museum. The museum is on a major archaeological site and is just off 44th Street and Washington Street in Phoenix. Here in the lower Salt River Valley, if you count up all the miles of canals that we either know of, documented, or think that, you know, we find part of it here and we think it, you know, this other part here that they connect, um, they, it does count up to more than a thousand miles. More than a thousand miles of canal systems that ancient indigenous people relied on were built here long, long before Phoenix was known as Phoenix. We think they were using basically stone and wood tools and maybe baskets to collect dirt. And, you know, they dug them by hand. It's pretty amazing because there was no metallurgy at the time, no draft animals or anything like that. So um, basically, you know, I like to say sticks and stones, you know, they probably had some way of engineering using um, stone plummets and things like that. Before metal tools and draft animals like horses and oxen that were trained to do work. As Lorraine described it, an ingenious and incredible feat. She said there's been some discoveries that have yet to be published that found clay lining in the canals but for the most part, they were just earthen canals dug close to the river. We may be more similar to the people that lived thousands of years ago than we might assume. Similar um, reasons, you know, there was the permanent water source here. The Salt River flowed year-round back then. And as you probably know, um, there are so many plants that can be grown and harvested here in the in this area. It's really pretty amazing, all of the food that can be grown here with with the water. And so they really became um, kind of, you know, the experts at um, farming and irrigating and um, as well as using the wild plants. Farming, irrigation, harvesting, and ultimately survival. Water in the desert has always been a top priority. There's evidence that the ancient indigenous people even built and utilized reservoirs, which proved that they knew how to manage the droughts and the floods. In just the Salt River Valley, many people were dependent on the canals bringing water to them. 30, 40 of the big villages and then lots of little settlements and little um, 
farming areas and things like that. So they were, you know, growing, irrigating tens of thousands of acres, growing corn, cotton and squash and beans. They used the natural topography to ensure the smartest route for the water, relying on gravity. The canals followed the contours of the land, observing the landforms and bends in the rivers. That always amazed me, too, that they kind of, they explored every, you know, every opportunity where there was a good place to put canals, they put them. The Hohokam cultural pattern existed until about 1450 AD, and then stopped. Archaeologists haven't agreed on what happened. It's possible that there was a large environmental event, according to Lorraine, or she suggests possibly even a societal conflict with another indigenous group. Today, many nations like the Pima Indian, Salt River, and Tohono O'odham consider the Hohokam to be their ancestors. Jody says the impact of those indigenous canal systems can be seen in our modern systems today. And so this was a really impressive group of engineering and farming minds that were working here in the valley a very long time ago. And as you can imagine, you know, once settlers, new arrivals come in the late 1860s, they would have encountered some of the what was left of these ancient indigenous canal systems and would have made the same realization that indigenous peoples had made when they set up their communities here in the Salt River Valley, that you have to have irrigation to make a successful go at agriculture and farming here in an arid part of the desert southwest. In 1949, the Rehabilitation and Betterment Act was passed by Congress and it allowed federal reclamation projects like SRP to update their canal systems using interest-free loans from the government. As you can imagine, some of our oldest canals were built in the 1870s and they needed to be modernized. They were starting to get into some, some disrepair. And so these funds allowed SRP to really modernize and upgrade a lot of our canal infrastructure. That's when we get a lot of the lining of the canals, which had, of course, historically been dirt lined. That allowed for a lot of seepage of water, a lot of water loss um, due to the canals not being lined. So we line a significant portion of our canals today. All of our canals are, are lined with concrete. And we are also able to start piping some of those smaller pieces, those lateral systems. And that increases uh, the safety of a lot of that um, infrastructure. And it also allows for more urban spaces to take over, we're able to pave over some of those piped laterals and things like that. Currently, SRP operates eight canals that stretch across Metro Phoenix. But how do they work? How do the canals affect you and me every day? SRP set me up with Josh Hand. He is a manager of water transmission and communications. He explained to me how the water gets from the reservoirs to the canals and eventually to me when I turn on my faucets. So our water starts on the watershed, on the Verde watershed and the Salt River watershed, entering the valley on the east side, where we divert it north of the Salt River bed or to the south. And at that point, we also can introduce uh, Central Arizona Project water and also uh, deep water well water from the aquifers. Um, we distribute it around the valley according to what our customers uh, request through their water orders. Um, and that could be consumed as flood irrigation water for uh, farms, for houses, um, sometimes ponds. And then also one of the larger customers in, in cur currently is our uh, uh, municipalities. 
and they consume that uh, through the water treatment plants and turn it around as uh, potable water for homes. Essentially, SRP uses water from the Verde and Salt Rivers, introduces it to water from the Central Arizona Project and deep well water from aquifers, and distributes it across the valley. Water orders can go to farms, houses, but their largest customers tend to be municipalities. From there, the city would run it through a water treatment plant so that when I fill up my cat's water bowl from the sink, he's going to be okay. The water you see in the canals and your evening strolls isn't always 100% the water you get at home. For example, Josh mentioned to me that the city of Gilbert uses their own deep water wells mixed with SRP canals. Knowing that the ancient canals depended on the topography of the land to make sure the water was running, I asked Josh if SRP and other modern canal systems were built similarly. Oftentimes people default their assumption to a pressurized water system of their house, which is not how we actually operate. Um, It does work on a gravity-fed principles uh, all the way from the east side of town going west through the valley, just like the Salt River bed does. The canals do a similar uh, flow process. So everything is off uh, gravity feed. So yes, canals back then relied on gravity to move water, and they still do. Once our deep water wells are pumped to the ground, as soon as they reach the surface at that point, they get discharged into an open ditch or a pipe and become gravity fed at the same time. So our system um, requires uh, what we call travel time to get from the point of the source to the actual uh, customer delivery point. A couple of them actually do flow right on top of where they were. Um, there's some old ones that you can find, like for example, on the north side of the Salt River bed, um, kind of on the northeast side of the airport area. Um, some older ones in there, if you know where to look, you can kind of tell the, the little bit of the, the open desert in there where they most likely did exist. But we do utilize a couple of the old ones that have just been improved upon, of course. Um, but for the most part, they travel in similar paths um, that they did back then. Water is arguably the most important commodity in Phoenix. It turned a desert into an agricultural space and into the metropolis we live in today. It's just super important, I think, to know where your water comes from. A lot of uh, residents in the valley don't always know that their water comes from those canals that they walk along every day and enjoy so much, but they do. Uh, And and it is super important to know uh, why they're there. I think not only to just have a good understanding of our, of our history, and our, but our current culture and the way it works, because we did go from a 100% agrarian area into a very suburbanized setting now. But the water still plays a such an important role, just in a different context. Walking along the canals will give me a much better appreciation for conserving water when I brush my teeth. Thank you, Amanda. Listeners, if you'd like to see a map of the canals that SRP operates, you can go to their website. And if you see a map of the indigenous canals, you'll see that they overlap a lot with what we have in place now. All right. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at AZC Podcasts. Also, be sure to check out The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. It'll be in your feed every Wednesday. I'm Kayla White. Take care.